Hello everyone and welcome to the nighttime show. As always, we have Matt Walker, the biggest crybaby that I know, and also the biggest goody goody two-shoes, who has never been fired from a job, which is pretty upsetting. And also we have a wonderful special guest today. You may know him from the TV show Looking, or maybe the movie I Spit on Your Grave, which sounds lovely. Also the TV show Conviction, but most of you may know him as Lindsay Lohan's best friend Damien in Mean Girls. He is Daniel Vranzesi. Now did I get that right? Yes. Okay, we're all good then on the pronunciation. There's also some other dude here called Steven, but... I kind of forgot my notes on what he did, but you may know him from Walking Hollywood Boulevard, Asking for Change, and various other things like that. You're the worst. <laughs> oh, but I, here. I, oh. I adore you, and I appreciate you. And tell them who you are. My name is Lauren Rose. I do many things, but mostly I'm British. Also, you're, uh, you're our uh, guest announcer today, and welcome to the show! Hey! Here we go, and we're gonna do it! It's a show! <laughs> S-H-O-W! <laughs> now I know why I wanted you on. Anybody that'll sing show tunes with him is <laughs> like, I'm in! show tunes! Anything you can do, I can do better! You got Tom Sizemore to sing show tunes with you. I did, we had Tom Sizemore wow. on the show, and he sang, um... You're doing... Oh, one last kiss... Oh, yeah. give me one. And he was in this uh, this fucking fog the whole time, this drug <laughs> fog. He fell asleep in one of the booths that here at Genghis Cohen. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he was a mess. He was a mess. But then, That movie with him was good, though. But then he did this really great movie. Yeah. He came in. And then All he right. This, oh, God. Good Lord. Yeah. Tom, Tom Sizemore. Sizemore. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Good old Tommy. <laughs> yeah. Doing Tom Sizemore things. That's, he 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 yeah. uh he talked about um uh how he when he had sex with Juliet Lewis, how he wanted to oh. how he wanted to stab her in the neck oh. after oh, wow. they would have sex because her wow. voice was so irritating to him. Wow. He's the he's a nightmare. He's a nightmare Clearly. person. And we love Juliet Lewis, which was even worse. You know, we're like, Oh God. I hope she doesn't hear this. Yeah, Juliet Lewis is She's everything. Is she's she one of our subscribers? Well, she just followed she me is. On She listens to the show. So, Juliet, if you're Juliet listening. and the licks. We sure are love band you. And you're cool. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Um, Daniel, it, it, yeah. we, we've, uh, we've seen each other around town. We see sure. each other sometimes. I gifting see you around. Suites. Gifting suites. Comedy clubs. Comedy clubs, places. I see Hollywood you locations. You're, uh, you're, That's everywhere that matters in the town. I know. Absolutely. Those yes. are all the great a places. To Z. The best places to be. Yeah. <laughs> uh, how, uh, how are things going? What's been going on, man? Good. Yeah? Things are good. Um, that's a weird Hollywood. Like, what do I do? Just like, launch you, uh, into my res- resume? No, no, no. What's What's been happening in your life recently? I'm doing what's, a lot of stand up. Yeah, yeah, a lot oh, of stand up. Fantastic. I, you know, I've been doing stand up for years, but I, I'm actually writing an hour. I'm like taking the time to like really put into it because I'm really inspired right now. So. Wow, that's mm-hmm. awesome. Yeah. Where are you performing at? Um, everywhere I can. I mean, I'm that's, doing a lot of like I'm performing a lot in New York, and I'm performing here. Um, I have a uh, I perform at improv sometimes. I perform. I've, done a couple things at the store but I'm, I have a show at Flappers right now called Oh My God Yas Amazing <laughs> <laughs> wow. and it, it's like a, a gay straight alliance show because I feel like I've been playing like a couple of the gay shows around town you know like yeah. the LGBTQ <laughs> shows and they're very segregated in a weird way it's like Either like you have one gay comic a night, you know, and then there's all these like uh, other co- kinds of comics, and then like if you have a gay show, it's all gay comics, and then maybe like one straight comic. So I'm trying to do like a thing where we have a gay, we have a mostly gay or gayish queerish audience, and then sure. we're introducing 
you know, like a lot, like Alliance uh, straight comics to the audience. Maybe oh, I really like that. Yeah. That's a that's a fantastic idea, and it's really fun. That's great. <laughs> yeah. So like we we always have like somebody um, in the mix that like oh, it's like what like you know like in December we're talking to having Bob the drag queen there and then Ben Glebe. It's like what? Oh, fun. Yeah. So oh, that's <laughs> like great. just you know kind of mixing it up for the audiences and uh, and and making everyone you know be one. Who uh, who's someone that you look up to in the in comedy? Like who's someone that you that you're a fan of? When you I mean, I love Louis C.K. But I, I think like for me, I don't have anyone that really has. I, I'm like an old school guy. Like I really love Sid Caesar's Your Show shows and like all those like really old like comedic timing. Like I don't have like I don't run off jokes and stuff. Most of my stuff is like lifestyle, talking about my family and my my fiance and things like that. But. Um, I like the, like I'm more of a person who likes to make comedy than like sit and watch it all the time. I don't know. Oh, that's great. When did yeah. you start? Uh, stand up or comedy in general? I mean, I've been doing comedy my whole life. I, it, like, here's the weird thing about stand up for me is that like, for 20 years I was doing sketch and improv. I've done stuff with like uh, UCB and um, IO and all these other kind of places, and then um, and of course movies and TV comedy stuff. Um, and storytelling at the Moth and Mortified and all these other places. Sure, but it wasn't until I, I started doing storytelling and I started getting like a little more real about my life because I was closeted for a really long time. Even though I'm the gay guy from Mean Girls, mm-hmm. yeah, but it, you didn't come out till what, no. 2000? I used to lie to people, tell them that I was straight, like all this other kind of stuff, because that's what I was being advised to do. And you know, that was the vibe. I also was dating somebody pretty seriously for a long time that was also closeted, so that also kind of put another. Like mm-hmm. level of the pressure on me. Yeah, because when Mean Girls came out in what two thousand and four, and you didn't come out till two thousand fourteen. Yeah. Wow. wow. And here's the weird thing is that I was out before Mean Girls. It was like I, once I got Mean Girls, I was like, okay, now I'm actually going to play a gay role. I found a gay role that isn't stereotypical. I found mm-hmm. something that I could do that actually pushes the envelope. This will be the one, you know. And then all the other roles that came up that were gay just didn't really cut the mustard it was a different time you know there was stuff that was like coming out at the time that was like he wears eyeliner and heels and it was just like so like it doesn't make sense you know like at least for me it didn't make sense and so i was like i can't go backwards yeah so if i got to i would tell my agents no gay auditions and no yeah. and and sometimes no fat auditions because i didn't want to play fat for fat sake either like sure. if my character was like you know the butt of the joke because he was fat, I was like hell no, I'm not doing that. Totally. So I tell my agent that too. So basically, I was <laughs> so basically as a type specific person in Hollywood, I was like don't want to go out for anything my types. <laughs> yeah. And so it work a lot, you know. Um, but uh, um, I, I made sure that I was at least choosing things that I felt had integrity. Yeah. Well, what's yeah. my favorite role you went out for that one time, Stephen? Oh, uh, a big fat ugly guy. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, wow. That was the name of the character. It was Big Fat Ugly Guy, and I got there, and and I got to the. Uh, it was an it was an HBO, uh, and I went up to the counter, and the lady said, uh, uh, "What are you here for?" And I said, uh, "Big, Big Fat Ugly Guy." And the girl behind the counter went, "Oh my god, okay." I know. Go what did they do that? Did you and then I go, that's, that no, never and I went to go, funny. I went to go be, It's HBO, which coined the term. Couldn't it be big, fat, sexy, ugly guy? Sure, come on, <laughs> like something, something. <laughs> something. But I went and sat down, and I and then they go, uh, Mark is next, and this guy got up and he started walking across the room, and I think his ankle broke while he was walking. <laughs> he was just <laughs> like barely get to Felt the audition. crossing the room. Yeah, but then I felt it felt good because I went in, and the and the casting director was like, 
why are you here? Like, you're not. Yeah. This is oh, God. for you. Yeah. And I was like, oh, my God. Thank you so Thank much. you for saying that. <laughs> I've never been so Rejection never felt, felt so good, good. Because the guy hurt his ankle. Is that yeah. what you're saying? Yeah. I felt good because he broke his ankle. <laughs> wow. Because on, so on Mean Girls, there's like the, the part where I'm in the girls' bathroom and then uh, this girl walks in and I'm like, Danny DeVito, I love your work. The oh, whole my part. God. Yeah, of course. So the Danny, the, that girl, um, I was on set and her dad was like, uh, so what do you do here? And I'm like, oh, I'm one of the leads in the movie. And he's like, oh my daughter's in the movie and I'm like she is like what does she play and he's like you know she's in a movie and I'm like well what does she play and he's like Danny DeVito girl (laughs) and I was like oh and then I noticed that when the movie came out they changed it to short girl (laughs) like the the description yeah (laughs) but he was like really embarrassed he's like Danny DeVito girl (laughs) oh my god that's and I was like oh I never thought about that (laughs) that's really great I used to you know whenever I talk about body positivity like because I have like a lot you know a connection to that in the world sure um I'm always like, you know, it's funny because I used to be so sensitive when I was young. Like, someone would be like, hey, big guy. And I'd be like, why is he going to see me as big or whoever? Like, I mean, when I was like 11, you know, like oh, I was yeah. super sensitive about it. And then now it's like, you know, obese, ugly patron. And I'm like, I could get that part. Why don't I go out for this? Stephen fucking Glickman gets it again. <laughs> I just try to kill myself immediately. Like, have, you two, have you two gone out for the same roles? Have you ever seen each other in audition? Not yet. No? Not I mean, we probably have. I but, don't know. Every, I think every once in a while, maybe I've seen you somewhere. Sim, we've maybe run into each other like that, but not, I don't think so. It's weird because no. honestly, like, I'm not even kidding. Like I would say nine out of ten of my roles I, I get from like knowing someone or being part of the creative process or, mm-hmm. or like an offer like I the auditions are so weird for me are you, are you like really hoping for like the DJ Khaled movie at some point like yeah one day, <laughs> one day. Yes. Oh, yo totally. major key no <laughs> uh, I, I did a, you know you know who I see a lot uh, I, I used to see a lot is Quinn Aaron would uh, mm-hmm. show up sometimes to the same auditions. Okay. Remember him? He's like a foot from and a half the blind, taller than you. He's the blind side. He's the big guy. The big oh, guy yeah. The blind yeah, side. yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. I'd see him. I'd be like, well, if you're going in and I'm going in, <laughs> then we both have equal opportunity for auditioning for this. Like, yeah. They don't know what they, they, don't know what they were <laughs> yeah. really looking for. So I do okay. see a lot of the same guys, though, in places and stuff. Yeah. yeah. That's how it is. I mean, you go in for auditions and you see a <laughs> bunch of people who look exactly like you and then a couple who oh. look nothing at all like anybody else. I also have different categories. So, like, I'll go in for, like, the big, you know, the big bearded uh, fat guys. That I get. There's a whole bunch of us. And I'll say, sure. hey. And then I go in for, like, all the Italians. And I'm like, mm-hmm. hey, guys, what's up? And then I go in for all the gays. And I'm like, hey, girl. <laughs> <laughs> like, all these different categories of the same people. I just went in for this Disney thing. And I, I uh, that. That I booked uh, kid kid a kid TV show though so I go but I go in and everyone in the waiting room there were like nine guys in the waiting room they were all they all looked exactly the same they all had a beard they all had a full head of hair which I fucking hate if you're gonna be, and they were all fat it's like if you're gonna be fat and have a beard you gotta be you gotta be bald yeah, or I don't it, like it. you as a person like you, you have to be balding in some way you can't be right. a giant mane of hair with your fucking beard and your big fat gut like I I hate I will I will try to murder you screw you George from Lost yeah fuck you <laughs> or, or, yeah. As, uh, I fuck think, you Nick Offerman no no he's uh, not fat though yeah, he's yeah. not to me. Well, to you. No, yeah, a broom <laughs> is fat to you. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck, Matt. Um, so let's, uh, let's, let's jump back in time a little bit. There we go. There Whoa. Go. Hey. Is that the time machine sound? No, it's one of my good sound effects. I, I didn't okay. think time machines would sound like that. I'm a little surprised. Which time are we in? I'm yeah. so blown away right now. 
That was your that was your rewind. That was my rewind moment. Yeah. I don't know how the fuck you did that. I'll teach you later. Okay, please. Um, I, it's teachable. You do other sound effects too, don't you? Don't you do other, uh, like little things? Yeah. You do dogs. I've heard. I can do dogs. Yeah. Uh, what's uh? Can you do a? Like, like, can you do a uh, like a corgi or something like that? That's pretty good. How about a pug? Can you do a pug? <laughs> That's <laughs> solid. Yeah, That's solid. Okay. Yeah. Um, Chihuahua. How about a Chihuahua? Oh, that's so good. I can do Chihuahua. Yeah. Yo quiero Taco Bell. Oh, uh, one. Um, yeah. He's retired. You're fired. Yeah. <laughs> Finally. <laughs> you uh, did a dog in a movie, Stephen. I did. That turned into a human being. Oh, God. <laughs> Damn it, Matt. Don't tell that story in front of Daniel trying to make me look like a real asshole. Is that a true story? Because I'd like oh, to hear it. Oh, it's a true story. Why are you telling that? He's in a movie called... Why would you bring that up? I'm the, Love on the Leash? It's a colleague. Love like, on the Leash? This is a colleague for leash. God's sake. I got a couple of them too, dude. Okay, look, it's a. Here's what it is, Daniel. Was it's it a Goofy? movie that was produced by a a Chinese woman who did not speak any English. Oh. She directed the film in broken English, and if we spoke in regular English, no. she would yell at us until we did it in broken English. No, that is not a joke. She wrote the script in broken English, <laughs> and like she wrote it in Chinese and used Google oh Translate to get it. Google Translate really? for it, and uh, and it would be stuff like a line would be like. Um, I hope, like, like instead of like, I hope my owner comes back soon. It'd be like, I hope owner come back to me. Like that would be like a line. Stop like, it. It didn't make any sense. And <laughs> already money. Is this available? Because it this is. is. It it sounds, like, there's a trailer on. It sounds like stoner gold. Here's the best part. Uh, in the movie, this woman finds a, a loose dog. I voice the dog. Okay, and then uh, she she falls in love with the dog and kisses oh. the dog on the on the nose, and the dog turns into a human being, and then she fucks that human being. Yeah, which is not played oh, by you. you, doggy style. Uh, no, I don't play the human. The human, yes. Just the uh, voice. I don't of the play dog. the human, but she fucks some dude, and then she goes to sleep, and then in the morning he turns back into Asian a dog. Asian cinema, man. Wow. Weird. Yeah, and he keeps transforming They're- into into a dog every uh, every every day when the sun's out. My friend told me about this Korean movie that came out in South Korea about it was kind of like Shallow Hal, right? Mm-hmm. Except at the end. The woman has all this plastic surgery to like be skinny and beautiful, and then her husband loves her, and that's the end of the movie. That sounds oh great. <laughs> I'm like, okay. I just saw a thing on uh, on the internet today about women. So from real China. life, you mean? So real life. <laughs> well, yeah, I, mean, I know actually, what you're about to say. Actually, like oh. these women from China went to South Korea and got a bunch of plastic surgery, and then they were trying to go home back to China, but they can't because they don't look like their oh, passport yeah, photos, and happened. they're stuck in Korea right now. Oh, wow. Like, That's God. not the one that I heard of, yeah. though. There's another one where a woman had a bunch of plastic surgery, married her husband, oh, and got sued, and, had, and got yeah. sued, and he won because they had an ugly baby. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's fair enough. Yeah, it's it's understandable. False advertising. Yeah, yeah, that's too Bait much. And switch. Hey. <sighs> What are you? What are you drinking over there, Stephen? Oh, uh, sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt the show with mm-hmm. with that loud sip. But I'm uh, drinking Fireball whiskey, the greatest whiskey in the history of the world. Um, I, I agree. I love Fireball whiskey. Mm-hmm. I mean, I can share some with you guys if you guys want some. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. I, I always so. bring Fireball whiskey because it's an instant party. It's where the party gets started, and it's it's sometimes where the party ends. Because mm-hmm. you drink it until you're just 
you know, flying high, flying high, <laughs> and and hanging tough. Yeah, uh, you know, like like if you're in a boy band. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Here, you got you take a shot. Okay, take, there you go. Whoa, <sighs> hey, oh, that's good stuff. That's so <sighs> good, right? Hey, Glazer, oh. you you take yeah. a shot. Take one. T- take a shot. <sighs> oh, it even it helped my sunburn. Oh yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. Holy cow, I feel great. Is, yeah, man, I'll tell you what. There's nothing better for a good afternoon than a shot of Fireball whiskey. The greatest thing to come out of Canada since me. <laughs> All right, let's get back to the show. So before you got into this uh, into this business, Daniel, um, how how did you uh, survive? Did you did you get because we were talking about getting fired from jobs? Oh God, you got here, yeah, and, all the time. Um, did you get did you have any bad jobs before you? Yeah, um, yeah. I guess uh, I worked well when I got my first movie. I was working at Whole Foods. <laughs> okay, yeah, and I was a cashier at Whole Foods, um, and that was actually a good job. But I kind of screwed them over because I got a movie, and I'm like, hey, I'm not coming back. I know. It. <laughs> <laughs> They were like, way to go, man. Way to go for the team. You know, I was like, yeah, sorry. Yeah, yeah. It was actually a great place to work. Um, but after I did. Uh, what movie did you get that was good enough to Larry get Larry Clark's Bully. Oh, yeah. yeah. That was, was my a, first movie. Yeah. That was a pretty good movie. That was first a big movie. movie. Yeah. 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 Totally. And then um, I, the producer hired me for another movie in Alabama. So I was like on my way to moving to New York. And I worked for, in Alabama on this movie. And then I got uh, to New York. Mm-hmm. And in New York, I didn't have any money then. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I worked as a mover during the weekdays for Morgan Stanley. Oh um, it was a corporate God. moving thing. My mm-hmm. uncle got me a gig. And so that was like, you know, five o'clock in the morning rush hour, getting to Rockefeller Center or the Trade Center or wherever we were at at the time. And then um, at night on the weekends, I worked in like nightclubs, like either as a bouncer or as like mailing list or coat check or anything in the nightclub. So it was actually really mm-hmm. bad for my sleeping patterns. Oh, my God. <laughs> but, um, you know, did you ever work at a gay club? All of the clubs I worked at were gay clubs. Oh, yeah? That's the thing. is th- That was what was interesting about me being closeted is that when I got Mean Girls, then I was like, that's it. After Mean Girls, I never really went to a gay club again. I mean, I did, but I really didn't. Do you go now? Have you been now? No. I'm ca- well, not really. I mean, it's now it's like, I mean. You, I, you have a fiance now, so now they're. Yeah, I mean, if I do, it would yeah. be like a bar. It's like, I'm not like, a, I can't go to like a club. It's like too much attention. Well, I could have I could have hooked you up. I mean, I was the bouncer at the front door of Rage oh. in Santa Monica for a couple of years, four years, something yeah. like that. Okay, and I I was uh, I I got fired because well I kind of got fired and kind of quit, but <laughs> it was mostly because a guy, this little gay Asian guy on Gay Asian Night, I went over to him and I said, "Hey, you're underage," and I put my hand on his shoulder and I said. You got you got to give me your drink, and he went. I don't have to do shit, and I went. Give me your drink, and a hand the size of a fucking baseball mitt came onto my my shoulder, and I turned around, and it was this huge, big black guy, and he went, he went, stop talking to my boyfriend, and punched me in the top of the head, <laughs> and to, and I went down to the ground like wow. a sack of potatoes, and I was like, they were like, yeah, no, you can't work here anymore. Like you're gonna what? You're gonna get hurt. You know, oh. something like like you know, watch out for those big gays. <laughs> like this this guy this guy laid me the fuck out too. Like he was a big fella. The craziest thing is okay. So I worked at this place. It doesn't exist anymore. It's called the it was called the View Bar in Chelsea, mm-hmm. and um, I was like a bar back. 
um, I was desperate for a gig. I got that job. Barbara was, Walters hiring you? And I, when I got the job, this is like the plight of the actor, right? So when I got the job, I was like, listen, um, I think I got the job in, I don't know, like November. And my movie, Party Monster, got accepted to Sundance, right? Mm-hmm. So I was like, I can do this. But when Sundance comes along, I need a week off. Yeah. Like, so I got the job and they were like, you can have the week off for Sundance. But um, I came back from Sundance and my job was gone. They were like, sorry, man, I got a business to run. I'm like, but we had an agreement. They just didn't care. They fi- they use it as a great excuse like, to fire like, me. You can take a week off, and then a bunch more weeks after that, you can also have <laughs> off. <laughs> take some more weeks. I know. <laughs> well, it was kind of like that. And so I was, like, devastated because I had rent and shit, and, you know, it's, like, mm-hmm. all this kind of stuff to do. So I just went through, like, the gay magazine HX in New York and went through the back, and I called every single gay club. And I was like, are you hiring? Are you hiring? Are you hiring? And I called this club in the Bronx. Um, and the guy was like, hold on a second. He was like, you're how tall? And I'm like, 6'4". He's like, and you're like, three, you're like 300 pounds? And you're white? You're hired. He's like, come on. <laughs> and I was like, turns out he had a thing for guys. My, <laughs> my oh, my God. Description. So it was the right section that you were looking at? You said you were in the back of the game <laughs> no, magazine. It was a club. It was a club. <laughs> sure. And so I, sh- I literally, I don't even think besides my experience, my two weeks or three weeks that I worked at this club that I ever really went to the Bronx mm-hmm. ever again or before, right? But I went all the way to the Bronx, and it was like scary and dark and nighttime you know what I mean and the club was there and my job was to do frisking so I did frisking in like the front of this uh, like club and it was a gay club but it was not a welcomed gay club like people would throw a bottle I mean I was there oh, like okay. only like three or four weeks and people would like throw bottles at like the building and drive by and there was a lot of you know we had a search for weapons we were pulling out like crazy shit that people would have on them wow. you know I, I know it was insane so it was a rough gay club it was definitely a rough wow. gay club wow um uh, and I was like the only uh, white guy there and um, checking everybody's like pockets and all this other kind of stuff. And um, I was still sort of closeted. Like I was flirting with like the girls that would walk in. I mean, I don't even know what the hell I thought I was doing. <laughs> oh my God. But I worked at this place and it was like insane. And there was this whole, I mean, I don't even know if we should get into the whole thing, but mm-hmm. there was this whole drama sequence where there was this trans girl at the club. And one of the guys who worked at the club was like kind of seeing this trans girl, but it was like his like side chick and his pregnant like wife showed up and they all, st- and he was like, baby, I don't have any, any more room on my guest list. <laughs> like, <laughs> and we were all like, what? Like his, what? His, his baby mom is outside and he's like, I don't have any room on my guest list and he already let the trans girl in and so um, one of the other guys that worked with me one of the other security guys was like you could go on my guest list like he wanted to see the drama uh, unfold yeah. so he put her oh, on the guest shit. list to let her inside the club and then the pregnant lady and the trans girl were like fighting in the street and I was like I can't do this anymore was this an episode of Cheaters? no but it felt like Jerry Springer at the time it was like oh crazy God. I was like I can't work here anymore this is like yeah. not worth the whatever 80 bucks a night yeah. now you That's mentioned like, you would flirt with the girls that came in it did have you ever dated women? Like I went on a girl? date with one girl that mm-hmm. uh, from there. It was my last date with a girl. Mm-hmm. She was like hitting on me every week, and I was like, okay, why not? And then like you know, we went out, and then I, I forget where we went on a date, but we had a really great date, and I'm super romantic, pouring it on. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah, I don't have the sexual part of it. But, so yeah, yeah, the yeah. like I'll do all the stuff up until we yeah, get yeah, to the bedroom, yeah. and I'll be like, oh, I'm gonna check out. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I'm just like I'm Christian. I don't know. I was like, <laughs> so we're like making out in Union Square, and it got like a little handsy and. Um, I was just like, oh, and then I called the police. <laughs> they arrived <laughs> yeah. in the middle of the packet. No, um, I was getting a little handsy, and I just was, you know, we were getting handsy. And I was just like, okay, why am I doing this? I'm like, nobody's watching me. Nobody even knows I'm on this date. Yeah. Like, there's no reason for me to be here. I do not like vagina. <laughs> wow. And that was like my last date with a girl. Is that what you said to her when you left? No, I said yeah. it to my psyche. <laughs> I was like, psych. <laughs> 
Well, uh, you, you know that girl's been in therapy for 12 years over that, though. No, but then, you know, then as a true gentleman, I drove the train all the way back with her to the Bronx to like okay. walk her home, which which I guess only seemed like I liked her more. Yeah. I mean, I really was using the shit out of chance. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, you know, we had uh, Joey Fatone on the show, and Joey uh, talked a lot about Lance and, and mm. Lance's relationship with Daniel Fischel and mm-hmm. how confusing that whole situation was because they had like a real long-term yeah. relationship, but they just, you know, no one in that band had any idea that Lance was gay and they all... Until Joey walked in on him. Until Joey walked in on yeah. Lance oh. uh, with a guy. I and didn't then, know this story. Yeah. This and then good. Lance told him, uh, do not under any circumstances tell anyone else in the band. And so Joey didn't tell anyone. For like a year. For, for like him. a year. Yeah. yeah. And, and the only reason that anyone found out was because Lance... Uh, decided to come out in the magazine mm-hmm. on the, the cover of that magazine, and then that, and then they all found out at the same time. And it was not to be over dramatic about it, but it, the yeah, only sure. thing that I've seen in cinema that wasn't that reminds me of it is like Jews in Holocaust Germany. It's terrifying to be a queer person and have to like hide your identity and pretend who you are, but know that it's at the root of something that's really important to you, and like how that feels. So good for Joey for not ratting him out because it's the same thing to me. Like it felt so scary all the time, you know. Mm-hmm. And um, I don't know what I was scared of uh, with repercussions. I was scared of, I guess, never working or mm-hmm. whatever, you know. But I mean, I've never worked more since I came out. Like, has there I, been a change awesome. in roles that you've been? Going yes. for stuff like that. I had a lot of problems with that. That was a big part because Hollywood it really does have a um, a stake in this, and it's like uh, in the problem because. So I, when I did Mean Girls, I wasn't out. I didn't tell anybody that I was out, you mm-hmm. know. And I had played all straight roles up until then. And then my, f- um, I had a friend of mine who I moved out to. I don't even care. I'll just say it. But like mm-hmm. the the movie Sherry Baby. Right. Okay. So yeah, yeah, I never said what movie it was, but it's Sherry Baby um, is with Maggie Gyllenhaal and my friend Bridget Barkin. Okay. And I moved out. I knew Bridget Barkin forever. We had done three movies in a play together, Mm -hmm. Um, and now two plays together. I mean, we're friends. We're collaborators, right? And we moved out to LA together. We actually moved in a in in a house right here behind (laughs) where we're recording. (laughs) Oh wow! Amazing. So um, in two right after Mean Girls, I moved to LA like immediately, like New Year's Eve, two thousand and five, and so. She was up for this movie, and she got the part. Mm-hmm. And then they were looking for the husband, and it said a, um, a doughy, blue-collar lug of a guy. And I was like, hello! That's you. You yeah. know, like, that's like my steez, yeah. you know? Yeah. So I was like, this is so amazing, because her and I are like the kind of friends we'd like make out, you know what I mean? Like, it wouldn't even like, our sure. intimacy level was already there. We'd like, she'd be like sleeping on my lap watching like American Idol. Like, we were like friends. Yeah. You know, so I was like, this is perfect. And the casting director wouldn't let me audition. And she was a lesbian, and she wouldn't let me audition. She, sa- she told my manager, we like Daniel, we think he's really great, but this is a man's man role. Whoa. And so that was like right out of the gate of me. And when was this? What, what? 2005, I guess, 2004. Oh, yeah, totally. Right after Mean Girls, though, and, like and right said, in the thick of it. And you, I was like, but let me audition. I was like, just let me audition. Mm-hmm. And they were like, no. They're like, you're wasting everyone's time. Is that what led you to then go into the closet? At yeah, that time? big time. Mm-hmm. I was just like, I can't do that. Like, you know, my manager and my managers and my agents Fucking were like, a. yo, like, my publicist, everyone was like, you just don't have to say it. Like, you could do whatever you want, but just don't say it. It's different. The Midwest cares, you know? And I know so many dudes right now that are still going through that in Hollywood. That, oh, yeah. That, that don't say anything. But don't saying anything, you know, is, this, is, is not the same as, like, saying it. 
that yeah. you are, you know? Yeah, the, it, it, the landscape has changed a lot. Like, we were talking, I was talking to someone yesterday uh, who's, we're, we're both friends with a, uh, a comedian that is uh, trans, and I remember meeting this person like seven years ago with another comic who was more famous and the other comic being like, how's this dude just going to wear a dress? Like, it's like, he's just at a party wearing a dress, like, and no one's saying anything. Like, it was like, and it was totally acceptable, like a totally acceptable conversation at that time. Right. I I mean, at least that's how it seemed at the party that like, it, it was like a funny thing to say. And in reality, it's like, that is damaging, very damaging. (laughs) And to, and like today would never fly. But like seven, eight years ago, there was no, like in Hollywood, the, the, the landscape has changed a lot. Like in the way that people talk about, uh, you know, people that are trans or people that are gay. It's, I mean, I mean, not to compare, but you know what I'm saying? Like, no, but it's part of it. It's in the, it's in the rainbow. Yeah. Yeah. I'm all about the rainbow. Some people aren't. Some people are like, I'm gay and lesbian. And then what do you mean trans? Or what do you mean Q? Or what do you mean? I, or I'm like everybody like this is other, we're other, you know, we are the minority. Like that's what it is now, you know? And, um, I mean, there are privileges that come with that now, but there's also still a lot of stigma. I mean, I I really, I do do, do deal with that all the time. I think I deal with it in um, comedy and stand-up. I'm still dealing with it, you know? They're like, oh, you could play this club, but play gay night. You know, and it's like, oh, I feel like, what is it? It's like Black Knight or it's like, you know, Jew Knight or any other kind of thing. Any, sure. any other category that you want to put me in. Right. It's like that, you know, and I'm just like, okay, it's like so genre specific. And I get that. But I'm pretty sure every night is Jewish night. I'm not I'm just saying. <laughs> I was going to. I was. <laughs> no, right. if I, I, I swear. I'm not positive. I but was I'm just like chocolate sundays. If I found a Hollywood like genie, I'd be like, please make me straight Jewish and Canadian. <laughs> like, barbecues at Seth Rogan's. That is hysterical. Yeah. Oh my dear God in heaven. Um, all right, so uh, Lauren, what about? Uh, I know we we jumped off this, but. Uh, Worst job, Lauren. Worst, worst job that I was bad at it. Or yeah, worst that job you were job? no job that you were fired from. I mean, I've been fired from so many jobs; it's hard to pick one. Um, but I would say my most memorable one. I used to work for this agency, and they would call me up and say, "Can you do this? Or can you do that?" And I, you feel like you're disappointing them when you say no. So, despite the fact that I'd actually been kicked off the ice rink because I was screaming one time, when they called me and said, "Can you rollerblade?" I was like, "Yeah, sure, I can do that. That's <laughs> fine." And I was thinking, "I've never put a pair of rollerblades on, but I'm sure it'll be fine." And the client was like, "Yeah, yeah, you're just going to be in the foyer of this movie theater." And I thought, "It's carpet. It'll be fine." <laughs> So showed up to work, put on the rollerblades. I was like, I don't know how these work at all. But the other girl was good. So I was like, can I just hold on to you? So I just held on to her and like, you know, <laughs> held on her for a little bit. And then I ne- will never forget what she said. She, she said, can you please whiz around the shopping center? <laughs> and the shopping center was like marble sort of floor, like shiny, <laughs> slippy sort of floor. So I just sort of was like, oh, yeah, of course. Yeah, totally fine. I'll do that. Okay. So I hold on to this girl and I'm going around. And then the client comes and finds me in the shopping center and says that the security guard's been watching me and laughing on the security footage. (laughs) And she says that she doesn't think I can skate. And I'm like, well, of course I can. I would never have accepted this job unless I was super professional. So she's like, okay, then I want you to skate down there by yourself without holding on to anyone and just stop and come back again. So I was like, okay, sure, yeah, I can, I can do that. So off I go, yeah, I couldn't stop. I grabbed onto a random stranger. I nearly fell, didn't quite fall, but mm-hmm. yeah, I nearly fell. And uh, she sent me home. 
And uh, she had For, to, in the middle of the day. Yeah, she sent me home in the middle of the day, and obviously they have to call the agency, explain what happened, and they have to write a whole form. And she wrote on the form; she didn't even fill out the whole thing. She said, I, she, said <laughs> "She said I was a danger to the public." <laughs> so Nothing to do with skating. Yeah, so I thought I would add that to my resume. You know, just you know, starts a little thing. So they're like, "Oh, quote from a client, Westfield Shopping Center. <laughs> She's a danger to the public." <laughs> you know, awesome. it's pretty cool, but. So yeah. Matt, you've never been fired from anywhere ever. Never been fired. You've never been. Fi- what was your first job? Uh, I was a drum instructor for the Saturday Conservatory of Music at Cal State Los Angeles. You're such a fucking show yeah, off. You just make stuff up. Wow, you're just making well, things up. <laughs> I don't believe you. That's a real thing. I was no. an orchestra coach. I would that, no, that wasn't your first job. Yeah, no way. I was. I was 18, and I was in like the top level orchestra, and they hired me to coach the percussionists in the lower level orchestra. Are your parents not divorced? <laughs> It's not that interesting. They weren't. They weren't. They no. weren't divorced. No. But you didn't work till you were 18? See? I know. That's not when fair. When you're divorced, you have to, you have to, you, know, you get out there and then you get fired from a lot of jobs. That's, 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 that's my time. excuse <laughs> yeah. that I gave. That's, that's what you keep saying. Yeah. I, no, I think I, when my parents were divorced, I just needed to go get money. Like, so I had to have a job. Yeah. Yeah. I'm like 18, you lazy bastard. I was 12. I was packing grocery bags <laughs> at your, A&S Meats. But, when did your parents get divorced? Oh my god! The year, my freshman year of college, they were separated. And what? Then, yeah, my mom. It was horrible. How long I, were they separated before they got divorced? They got separated my like my senior year of high okay. school. Like, and then um, I was. It, it was so horrible. <laughs> you know, basically, I would call my mom and I'd be like, "Hi," and she would be like, "Your father did this and did that and did this," and I'd be like, "Mom, I don't want to hear this. Like, you know, it's like a lot." Yeah. So then I'd call her another day and she'd be like, "Hello." And I'd be like, what's the matter? She was like, nothing. You don't want to hear it. You know, like that kind of <laughs> oh manipulative. And where did you grow up? Well, we're from Brooklyn, but we, I grew up in Florida. Okay. But then like um, uh, it, one day it was just like, I'm not having a good day today. And I'm like, okay, we got divorced today. And I was like, oh, like it was like that. You know? yeah. It wasn't even Crap. like, hey, we're getting no. divorced yeah. on the 13th or and whatever. I was like, it's does just anyone like, oh, care about how I feel about that? Like it was all like, oh my God. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, that's tricky. Yeah. Yeah, Did you crazy. stay in, in touch with the, but with both? Yeah, you, I still talk to them. Oh, well, that's good. Yeah, I, I, I talk to my mom every day, and I ignore my dad's calls once a month. That's fine. <laughs> that's more than fine. That's a healthy way that's, of doing that's it. That's more than you, actually. That's a lot more than me. <laughs> I talk to my mom three, but oh, three, three times, times a day. day. Yeah. She calls. She called me this morning but to wake me up at 9 o'clock in the morning. and was like, <laughs> um, eh, do you know... Eh, did you, eh, is your friend Saba gonna come to your show? I'm like, why? Are you, <laughs> why are you asking me this at nine in the morning? I was just wondering. I was wondering. She does that. She she called uh, a couple days ago and said, uh, "You know what I think would be a fun present for you to do for your children someday <laughs> is freeze your semen and Whoa. then give it to oh, them wow. so that they can use it." I'm like. <laughs> You, for what? For, for what? what? <laughs> like to play catch with? Arts what and are you crafts? fucking talking about? <laughs> oh. She was like, no, no, so that, you know, they can make more of you in the you, you can have a, you, you but and I go mom that's not how <laughs> genetics works I was like, what are you talking about or uh, or she called me uh, last week and said um, uh, I am going to Las Vegas and I was like oh that's great mom and she goes I think I paid too much for the flight 
I go, how much was it? She goes, a thousand dollars. I go, mom, that's, <laughs> yeah, a, that's a lot of money. Wait, where's your stopover? China? Like, what are you doing? And she was like, I don't know. I think I made a mistake. How do you cancel this? A Spirit Airlines. I go, Spirit. Whoa. Of all fucking airlines. What would a thousand dollar Spirit ticket look like? What, what, what are you, flying the plane? Like, do they give you one when you're finished? Like, it was like, it was so ridiculous. But that's how that's how she is. And Matt knows. He's, yeah. he's spent a lot of The greatest thing she ever said to you. What's that? Was... You know what they say about black men? Oh God! <laughs> what yeah, did they say? She she went on a date with a, a black guy uh, a couple dates, and then she said to me, uh, "I went on a date last night with a black guy." And I go, "Oh, well, that's that's great." And she goes, "You know what they say about black guys?" I go, "Mom, whoa, no!" <laughs> she goes, "Oh, Stephen, get your head out of the out of the gutter." <laughs> His penis was enormous. <laughs> I was like, "Son of a bitch!" Mom. Don't knock it till you try it. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm, I'm sure, I'm sure. But it's like then you, I'm stuck with that in my brain forever. Like I have to live, and then I know my mom. You know, is, is fucking is fucking black guys. Wow. It ruined interracial porn for me. <laughs> it ruined it. Um, all right, actually, my 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 mom, my mom. Um, uh, dated a black guy for like six years and mm-hmm. didn't tell my family. But not us. She, we knew, but like my uh, my extended, extended family, <laughs> because she was afraid that they would all like react a certain way. Um, and then wow. when I told her about being gay, you know, she was like, "Well, how could you do that?" And I'm like, "Well, would you rather me be like you and hide my lover from the rest of the world?" <laughs> oh. wow. And my mom was like, Burr! She was like gagged. She was like, "You know what?" She was like, "I understand." It like it was wow. like it literally clicked. Like she was like, "I don't get gay," and then she was like, "I get gay." Like wow. it was like one quick second, and she ended up marrying him. He passed away, but sadly, oh. but um, but she had a really great marriage and relationship with him. Well, that's great, that's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. So what was it, without being uh, too? Uh, oh, oh this is, Oprah! This is, this is very Oprah. What I'm about to ask you, uh, how, uh, what was the reason? How did you end up deciding to to come out? Like what changed? Um, it was. I was feeling it more and more. Do you know what I mean? I was like, I'm, I was entering the the I don't give a fuck stages of my life, and um, not only that, but then the 10th anniversary of Mean Girls came around, and it was I got a letter from a fan that was like, I don't know if you're gay or not, and it doesn't really matter, but you changed my life because I was like a chubby sissy kid in like eighth grade, and then the movie came out, and then when I went into ninth grade, the popular senior girls were like, you're like Damien, come sit with us, and it was the first time I had an identity. Your character gave me an identity, and I was like so moved by this letter. I mean, I had received letters like it, but the fact that that one had started and said, it doesn't matter, and I'm like, it does matter. You know, yeah. and we were dealing with like Prop 8 and all this and marriage equality and all this other stuff. And I just felt so silent, even though like I was on the front lines, like literally the front of the Prop 8 march and like all this other stuff. That's when I started really not caring when I had to have a more of a voice in order to stick up for rights, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but this was like the last straw. And so um, I wanted to do it in a way that would help a lot of people. So I wrote a letter to my character, Damien, about that experience. Wow. In really? Yeah, in IndieWire. And it went crazy viral. Like, it was in, it was printed in the Times of India, which I bring up only because I'm so proud that, like, they, like India would even print something like that. Yeah, yeah. that's like, incredible because yeah. their laws and, and rules yeah, about, are ridiculous. Uh, about uh, the gay community are, are, like, all over the place yeah. in India. So right. Did you connect to the guy that sent the letter to you? I didn't. I, I didn't. Um, I think, I, you know, I always respond, I think, I like, think, to those kind of things. I think at the time, I don't know if he knows that that particular letter had a lot of impact on me. Mm-hmm. And letters nowadays are like, you know, DMs. So yeah. it's like yeah. hard to keep track of all of that stuff. It's not like I have like a stack of letters with a ribbon. You know, it's like, sure. But you like write that. it back and be like, I don't know if your story is true or not, but it changed my <laughs> life. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I, I received stuff like that um, like like almost daily. It's actually mm-hmm. overwhelming 
how much um, people have responded to my work and like the things that I do um, in relation to how they feel about themselves. I mean, that's something I never expected. I mean, I always just wanted to like tell stories and be funny. I didn't really expect to like reach people in that way. Mm-hmm. So I take with great power comes great responsibility. So I take, you know, my role as like a reluctant, but like LGBTQ, like thought leader and like, you know, someone who talks about body positivity and somebody who talks about being queer and all this other stuff. And I take it really seriously because it's an important uh, thing. That's amazing. That's incredible, man. And I saw, uh, did you, you guys just uh, put together something like the whole, like not the whole cast, but a lot of the cast got back together to just do something just recently. Yeah. Jonathan Bennett, who played Aaron Samuels, um, and Lacey Chabert, who was Gretchen Wieners and myself. Um, we, uh, Jonathan was super affected by what happened in Vegas, the, the horrible shooting. Um, and, uh, he's been to that concert before he had friends there. And so he just was really like, he called us, um, the evening before our internet holiday, which, you know, October 3rd is National Mean Girls Day because in the movie, uh, when she first meets her crush, she asks him what day it was and he says October 3rd. So they made like a meme out of it. So every October 3rd is like Mean Girls everything. Um, so we knew that that was coming because for the past, you know, 13 years, <laughs> we get like inundated with mm-hmm. like tons of like, you know, it's like another birthday or something. So um, we decided to turn it around and make something good out of it. So uh, Jonathan Bennett um, and, and Lacey and I created a GoFundMe page. And I think we're at like $75,000 that we've raised for nice. the victims of amazing. Las That's Vegas. That's amazing. Yeah, so That's it's amazing. like really so cool. Amazing. Yeah. Um, and, you know, later on, Lindsay, uh, uh, Tina Fey, and uh, Lizzie Kaplan and Rajiv, um, all who are also in the movie, made like thank you videos for the donation. But I think this is something we're going to do every year. We'll do like Mean Girls Turn Nice on Mean Girls Day every year. And we'll start like a foundation or a GoFundMe every year and raise money for a different cause. Because, you know, mm-hmm. there's a lot of attention that we don't get any money for. <laughs> yeah. I mean, my face is on a t-shirt at Urban Outfitter right now and I don't see money for that shit. So it's like, you don't get any money. Nothing. None of it. Get out of here. No, I'm on cell phones. I'm on mugs. I'm on keychains. I don't see anything for any of that. Um, so we figure, you know, and it happens to all of us. So, um, you know, the movie's made who like gets, $298 million. Who makes the money for your picture on a keychain? Paramount. Maybe oh, Tina Fey. Bastards. Maybe even Lindsay Lohan. I don't know. I don't know what their deals were. But Somebody that's not you. <laughs> Somebody that's not me gets the money. I mean, the movie's made $298 million and like we never even yeah. like to come a million of it. So it's like, you know, maybe we need to have like a, you know, some kind of a um, big fat Greek wedding. Yeah. <laughs> like get together and like. Do you feel yes. typecast by it at all? Like do you still. Yeah. I mean, it's kind of hard for me to audition for stuff when there's a t-shirt Urban Outfitter with my face on it for a different mm-hmm. role. You know? We had. We went to uh, Walter Koenig's house, who's Chekhov on Star Trek, Mm -hmm. original Chekhov. And he talked about how they had problems after the show and the movie started. Uh, It was he, Nichelle Nichols, who was Uhura, uh, uh, James Doohan, who played Scotty, like the the more minor characters, George Takei, Sulu, of course. Those four had problems auditioning for things because they were just seen as their characters. And they had all this merchandising with them and they didn't get a dime from it. So they said they they contacted like he was on a plane he said like a lawyer heard them talking about it who was sitting right in front of him he's like oh I'm an intellectual property lawyer let me help you guys out and he like wrote a letter to Paramount and Paramount gave like they sent this thing and Paramount was like uh no you guys can all screw off we're not doing anything right <laughs> well Paramount's also our said. studio so. <laughs> but then he said like a week later they see this big thing all in the trades and Paramount was like, hey, we're going to give a one-time gift to these actors because they're having problems with other stuff. We, we want them to share in this. They didn't want it to come as like a pressure thing. They wanted to be like, oh, we're going to do it as benevolent to well, make it. If Paramount so they, wants to be really good to me, yeah. it'll be a welcome change. So maybe Paramount <laughs> could go to Mean Girls and be like, hey, here's, some, here's a chunk of change for your keychains. Yeah. 
No yeah. chance of Mean Girls too then. Uh huh. Yeah. Well, you know, um, I would love that. So would my accountant. What? Uh, <laughs> what's? Um, I can picture like Mean Girls like sitting around at like a country club a or mean something. Mean Girls Christmas. Well, yeah. listen. Before we wrap up, because we do have to wrap up shortly, uh, there are a, a co- we have a couple presents for you. What? Because uh, we I love adore presents. you. Oh my god! Really? Real? This is the nighttime show backpack. <laughs> oh yay! It's a ego. It's a. It's, <laughs> it's awesome. beautiful. It's me as Galactus. Uh, oh my god! It's heavy. There's stuff inside. Well, there's a Definitely. gift inside for you too, uh, because you know, you, there's there's this nothing. Is so I nice. I love. Merch. Well, if you're not going to clubs, you have to. Sometimes you have to uh, drink and party at home with all of your all yeah, of your yeah, friends, yeah, and indeed. so we got you a bottle of Fireball whiskey, yes! the greatest uh, Canadian oh whiskey I in the world. Love this whiskey. Oh really? This okay, is so good. sweet of you. Anytime. Thank you so much. Thanks wow, for doing I, this. I, now I feel like I'm bad. I don't give people on my podcast <laughs> gifts. <laughs> no, you don't if you come. To my podcast, which I would love to have you. Please don't expect anything. No, it's fine. It's fine. Um, Let's take a a quick walk through uh, the cast uh, of Mean Girls, which I know. Oh, let me just say, please listen to my podcast, Butch and the Bear. Uh, Absolutely, Butch and the Bear, Butcher and the Bear. No, Butch, like it's a Butch and the Bear. It's a Butch lesbian and me, the Bear. Oh my God, that's so much fun. Amy Cassidy. Oh, great. Yeah, A.B. Cassidy, who's an awesome comic. Um, she's hilarious. And yeah. Me and her. And, you it's know, like Smokey and the Bear, only completely different. Yeah, only a, or, butch, that was, uh, a butch lesbian that gets Smokey. Yeah. There, we, there we go. Um, <laughs> okay, let's uh, let's go through this a, a little bit. Sure. Um, what was uh, the, the audition like for Mean Girls? Um, weird. Um, there's this casting director, Susan Schottmaker, who's always been very great to me in New York. Um, she cast me in Party Monster, even though there wasn't a role for me in it. She found mm-hmm. one. And then, like, she gave me, like, a commercial one time when I was really low, you know. And she called me in for Mean Girls. And they had been looking all over for the character. I was a little old. I was 26 to play 16. So, wow. Yeah, so that was a little old for the part. So they were skeptical. But um, Tina Fey came into the waiting room. And Amanda Seyfried was there. And she was uh, auditioning... F- um, uh, doing her screen test and she had two shirts with her and one of them was maroon and the other one was tan and she was like which one would look better on the background in the room you know and I was like I'd go with the Merlot and they all like turned around and looked at me <laughs> and I was just like nice. I just, yeah and I just was like sort of in character and being funny and mm-hmm. then when I came into audition they were like you we thought you worked here this is great now I'm excited you know and I guess I did a bad audition which I don't remember but on the each Hollywood story, they said that I was bad. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> but they liked me. Yeah. I'm not a great auditioner. I'll admit that straight up. I'm just not. I mean, I'm better at get it. If I get the role, I'll slay it. Right. But I'm not good at like, please hire me. Like, I don't like to beg. Um, yeah, I get that. Which is why I don't do commercial auditions because I feel like it's just like oh, full out begging. Cattle call. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Um, so anyway, um, that happened. And then I didn't hear from them for like a month. And then they called me on a Sunday and they're like, Monday, we're flying you to L.A. Um, you're going to have dinner with the cast and then you're going to have the table read at Paramount and you don't have the part yet. Some people think you're too old, so do really well. And so they flew me out. I was in the, uh, stayed at the Sheridan Universal. They picked me up the next morning in a limo with Rachel McAdams and Amanda Seyfried and drove us through the Paramount gates. And then I arrive at like the table read and it's like not even just the people in the movie, but like I think Kevin Nealon was reading a role, like people who I was like, uh, like dying that there was some people yeah. there reading roles. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like he read like Coach Carr or something or I don't even remember. But I was like, holy shit. Also, I flew on the plane next to Chevy Chase, which was insane. Wow. Oh my dear God. Because I was like, I'm going to have dinner with Lauren Michaels and I'm sitting on a plane with Chevy Chase. It's oh, like really. Yeah, weird. Gosh. Now, right? Was were there other people that you know were out for the role that made it 
to almost the same yeah place? actually um <laughs> who did you beat so my friend joel mike <laughs> i don't even know if I, oh yeah, joel. He, yeah, yeah, yeah we know joel. he was up for the role but they also thought he was too young and he wore makeup to his audition and like melted it off in the middle of the audition oh, oh. my god yeah and i think he was the one who like i kind of beat out maybe at that time i saw joel in uh but i'm a cheerleader with my sister which is how Kind of how my sister tried to tell me that she was gay. Oh, that that's she a great is a, movie for that. that she, yeah, yeah, and uh, she has a girlfriend, and they. She's very happy. Sweet. Yeah, but gaming. That happy. is a dude. That that movie is. That was a fucking. That's great a great movie. movie. Though, yeah. Cheerleader. When RuPaul so, first time had a drag, everyone oh, was like, "Who's this?" Yeah. yeah who is yeah. that? Well, now he's like workroom Ru. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah exactly. Um, first impression of uh, Lohan. On that set, that was because she'd already been kind of famous at that point. Right? Yeah, she'd I didn't know her. Trap. My she'd first done in, stuff. Yeah. I mean, I like we get along now. Let me just mm-hmm. preface by saying that. Sure. As as, as adults, we get along great. Um, but I just, you know, I was twenty six and I wasn't having like the sixteen year old, fifteen year old drama. I was not yeah. feeling it. And How it was old was like she then? Fifteen or sixteen, 15, okay. and oh, it was wow. like literally like high level, like yeah. teen dream drama. Like yeah. I just wasn't into it. So I was yeah. like, my first impression wasn't, you know, amazing, but yeah, uh, you know, we got along fine. I get that. I yeah. get that. Uh, it was a lot of like, oh my god, and then this person said that, and that you know, high school like, high, like yeah. mean girl, high level, like, and I was like, okay. <laughs> was there anybody on that set that you felt like a kinship with, like kind of right Lizzie away? Kaplan? Mm-hmm. Became Hell like yeah. family, like instantly. Like we re- we really really got along on that set. And uh, grew really close after, you know, um, we don't see as much of each other these days, but there's no love loss. I mean, I I emailed with her this morning. Oh, that's so You know, I love her. Um, But she, but her and I were really close. I mean, we, we sat and like, you know, worked on all of our stuff together constantly and like really took it seriously and partied all night and then like got out the next day and did it all again. You know, it was like a great uh, relationship. And then Jonathan Bennett, we were like a threesome, like the three of us, we hung out all the time. Um, Yeah. yeah. Do you see him? Do you ever see him at all? I see him more nowadays. Yeah, definitely. Um, You know, and I feel really close to him, especially after we raised that money. I mean, that's a really special Mm -hmm. thing to do with somebody and it was his idea and he's just a good guy in that way. And, you know, we also do a lot of Mean Girls type events, you know. um, uh, We did in Austin at Alamo Draft House. Mm -hmm. They had a thing called uh, Fantasy, I forget what it was called actually, (laughs) but it was like a a film festival for like uh, Forever Fest, a film festival for like girls to be girls and just like be girls about it. Totally. You know, (laughs) stuff like that, you know, and we always end up um, at places there. Uh, And recently, um, this past year I did Toronto Pride and they brought me out there and I talked to Lindsay on Skype in front of the audience and they oh, brought out fun. like all these cast members like some of the unfriendly black hotties and like mm-hmm. you know Jessica Lopez that you know was in the wheelchair the girl in the wheelchair and oh, like yeah. and they brought out the Chihuahua <laughs> <What>? <laughs> who I cannot believe is still alive but is and very old oh, you know and they brought out all God. these like random characters because we filmed in Toronto so a lot of those um People are Torontonians, so it was nice to see all. Is of that them. the phrase Torontonians? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, it you're is. the Canadian. Sure. You tell me, I am a Canadian. So it is. It is. It is I was. Li- I lived in Toronto for a year last year, uh, filming yeah. oh, wow. uh, Conviction. So wow. it was a nice little. You know, I actually went and did Pride, and was like, it would be so nice to just like move out here and do a series, and like two months go by and it happened. So holy shit, I secreted that shit. <laughs> What's uh, should have been more specific and manifest. say one that doesn't get canceled <laughs> before before we wrap up. Uh, is there what is something that you haven't done that you you, that you very much want to do Broadway like, really more than anything 
Like, Why don't you, just, you can, you can. Oh, why don't you just go over to Broadway? Just go to Broadway. Just go to Broadway. Just to every relative I have. Just go to Broadway. What are you crazy? <laughs> you say when you were a kid. Like, my I have a question. Yeah, that's yeah. my nana. She'll call me and be like, "Danny, I have a question for you." And I'll be like, "Yeah." She's like, "I saw an Entenmann's commercial, and you weren't in it. You could get that. Why didn't you do it?" <laughs> like, oh, a lot of reasons. My grandfather used to call me and go, uh, "Why are they doing Fiddler on the Roof? Why aren't you?" Call the fiddler people. Tell them you want to be in the show. What are they going to say no to you? Look at you. And I would go, there is no fiddler on the roof, people. There's no people. And you know what? Here's the craziest part. Uh, I tried to call... Uh, fiddler on the roof people I tried to call the, the people from once from that musical because oh. I was like I love that show and I was like I, I want to do that show yeah. so I called the casting director when was this this was during big time rush like okay. during like the height of the show and I was I was feeling myself right feeling myself yeah so I call up and I'm like uh, just to let you know I'm available and <laughs> I would love to be in your show and he was like oh you'd like to be in our show that just won three Tony Awards that's interesting. I think we're fine. <laughs> we're good. Without you. <laughs> we're good. And he goes, you know, like people have to like audition, right? And I was like, <sighs> oh yeah, no. I mean, I yeah, no. I just felt like such a fucking idiot. Whatever. You try, man. You I never tried. know the reaction. You never know. I'm attached to a musical, but it's like on its journey. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. Uh, but I really want to be. Like, I want to. What's circum- what's your what's the musical that you want to do more than anything? Yes. Revival, like revival a, of a musical. Funny thing happened on the way to the Forum Pseudolus. Perfect, like my dream role. Nail, we'll do it. I want to. Let's, let's make it happen. <laughs> uh, we got to wrap up, but Daniel, what are your uh, social Zero media? Mistel, we'll go raise some money. Yeah, uh, we got some uh, comedy tonight, so we gotta we gotta yeah. keep going. Uh, get it? Comedy tonight. <laughs> comedy <laughs> tonight. tonight. <laughs> um, all right, where can people? Where can you? Where can Twitter, Instagram, Tumblr, Snapchat, everything? I am at What's Up, Danny. What's Up, Danny? Even Venmo. Ooh, <laughs> nice. Get at me. Get hey, Paramount. What's up, Danny? <laughs> <laughs> Lauren, what about you? Where can people find you and follow you in the world? Um, Anywhere in the world I will be, basically. Yeah. You what, what's your, what's your uh, Twitter and uh, Instagram if you have a Twitter? Um, it's all Lauren Rose style from my days of doing styling. Oh, basically. okay. So, yeah, all right. it's all right. a little bit all over the place. You got a lot of pictures of you at Burning Man. Which are terrific. Yeah. They're great pictures. I love Burning like Man. I've, I've never been. I really want to go. Well, we should all go. Yes. We I'll should. pass. Oh, There's I not enough sunscreen in the world for pass. me to go to Burning yeah, Man. Of course, course you would. I you would burst into flames in three minutes. <laughs> <laughs> I would be the Burning Man. <laughs> Matt, where can people find you on the internet? Uh, you can find me, uh, find everything you need to know at funnymat.com. Or if you want to debate with me over anything, you can let me know at mattwalkersucks.com. Which people do. Oh, or yeah, they do. Or just crybaby. Cry, they can just talk about how big a crybaby you are. Lauren messages at mattwatersucks.com. <laughs> Absolutely. You can always get me at Stephen Glickman, S-T-P-H-E-N, Glickman on Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. Don't forget to subscribe to the Nighttime Show podcast and leave us comments and, and share, like share, share. And like your Facebook page you just and got like, back into. Yeah, like the Facebook page. There's a Stephen Kramer Glickman Facebook page where we're showing uh, videos and things and posting and whatnot and things. <laughs> Daniel, it is an honor to be able to sit with you and chat with you. You're such a kind and wonderful guy, and what you're doing for I will your, not disagree with you. Well, <laughs> what you're doing for the community and what you're doing as a comedian, I think, is, is fucking fantastic. So uh, keep you. on kicking ass, you. Thank you, my friend. And Thanks the dog for listening. Sounds great. Thanks for having me. <laughs> Be-